You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our 2018 Academy Award Best Picture Watch, Rewatch, whatever you want to call it. We've done three films, we're into the fourth film, we're into a movie that is very much relatable to both the hosts on this show today. A film about a teenage girl at high school discovering herself, her relationship with her mother, and all the quirks and inconsistencies that... I don't even know what word I was trying to say there. Shit that happens in her life. Uh, <laughs> related to two 30-year-old males here on the show today that we have a lot of experience to talk about. Uh, but I'm intrigued to find out just what uh, my esteemed co-host thinks of this movie. My name is Ben... And I'm not ready to have sex yet. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and I didn't lose my virginity to you. Oh, really? Shit, what was that then? <laughs> um, oh, that was Die Another Day. Okay, got it. Uh, I know that feels like it's fucking you sometimes, but, uh, you know, at the, end of, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're meant to get a slight release at the end of it. Uh, Ladybird, Colin! <laughs> yeah! Now, as I said at the end of the last episode, I, I really didn't know anything about this film going into it. So, I was expecting just a nice little family story about bugs, or birds, or something like that, but, um, <laughs> nope, it, uh, it was a movie about a girl. Um, I mean, it was, I didn't dislike this film, I didn't love this film, it was just kind of a middle-of-the-road film, I mean, it was enjoyable, I, I wasn't bored, uh, but I mean, I, I, I really feel like I need to have a vagina to really appreciate this movie a bit more, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was decent, uh, what did you think of it? Um, well, I'll first say what Jamie's opinion was. Uh, Jamie loved this movie. Uh, I think she said about halfway through it, uh, three quarters of the way through it, and then again on the end, it's like, wasn't that such a great movie? I'm like, yeah, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, but again, in all fairness, I'm not the audience for it. And I don't want to just keep saying that. We're saying that with almost everything who we're talking about that we're not that as big of a fan of. But for me, it's not even so much about, you know, I'm not a teenage girl because I, I feel like this movie is not representing just teenage girls. It's sort of just a year in the life of uh, a teenage girl. Uh, not all this stuff you have to be a teenage girl. It's not like it's about her, you know, getting her first period or uh, things like that. A lot of stuff anybody can kind of relate to, but um, I, I feel like more than anything, I've just I've seen this movie so many times. This coming of age you know teenage story and perks of being a wallflower is one that came out recently juno's another one this was very similar to uh and the last few years you know a couple of major oscar uh winners and nominees boyhood and moonlight i i've just all these movies kind of are, are just you know merging together for me and really the only difference is i think the time period they're set in because all these this whole trend of movies is let's place this coming of age story in a past year, you know, if it's like Perks being a wallflower, let's place it in the 80s. If it's Boyhood, it's, uh, you know, the early 2000s up to present day, you know, Moonlight, uh, same thing. It's just past time periods, and that's the only way you can kind of tell them apart. But, I mean, overall, I think this was probably more fun than a lot of those other movies. There are a lot of entertaining scenes in it. And overall, it was, you know, a pretty decent movie that's not really revolutionary in any way, but, you know, good for what it is. Well, uh, you mentioned Juno. I was going to bring that up. Uh, I'll just start off by saying I absolutely fucking hate Juno. Um, that movie just <laughs> drives me batty, and it's a lot of that's to do with the soundtrack. But um, there's just something about Juno that just gave me the shit. Um, so, uh, but I, I saw this as kind of like 
a Juno entertaining movie that I didn't come out of it going, fuck, I hate Ellen Page or, you know, something like that. Like, I mean, it's kind of like what you said about, um, Darkest Hour comparable to, to Lincoln. Um, that, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of see this as like, you know, a better Juno. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not one to kind of watch a lot of these coming of age films. Again, I don't have a vagina. Um, and I don't <laughs> really know. Do they make coming of age films for teenage boys much anymore that aren't like, oh. um, uh, what's the, I'm trying to think of the damn movie. Was, Super bad. <laughs> that was Boyhood and Moonlight. Okay. Um, right. I, yeah. I clearly watched those ones a lot. Uh, I was, I was thinking <laughs> of like Stand By Me or, um, you know, Lord of the Flies. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's interesting kind of with this film, uh, it's, we should mention it's obviously the, uh, the directorial and, uh, what, writing debut of, um, Greta Gerwig, who, I mean, I'm looking at a filmography here. Um, no strings attached. Jackie. It's probably all I've seen her in, and I couldn't remember. Arthur. I've uh, never seen Arthur. Uh, <laughs> so, I think that's the only one in here I saw her in. I mean, look, I, I love Natalie Portman, but I was bored shitless in Jackie. Uh, so I couldn't tell you who, who else was in Jackie besides Natalie Portman. Um and uh no strings attached uh you know another natalie portman film couldn't tell you who else was in that besides ashton kutcher and <laughs> natalie portman um but uh yeah i mean it's it's interesting and um you know obviously that gets a bit of a attention she's obviously the only female nominated for for best director with that as well so um you know that's that's bringing a lot of attention but do, do you feel as though and I'm not trying to play this card. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but do you think this gets a lot of attention because it is a, a female director, female writer, and it's kind of similar to how like Wonder Woman got that, or how we're seeing that with Black Panther at the moment? That it's kind of got a bit of that around it. Maybe that's what's bringing in the, the rave reviews. Because as you mentioned, this is what the highest rating film in the history of Rotten Tomatoes currently. Yeah. Well, I, I think as far as the Oscars go, yeah, I do believe that that has a lot to do with it because if you look at the oscars two years ago from oscar so white to the oscars last year obviously they're making a conscious effort to recognize movies and i'm not saying anything against these movies i mean i would have rather moonlight won best picture over la la land but if you would ask me of like the eight or nine best picture nominated movies last year what my least favorite is, I would have said La La Land. If you would have asked me my second least favorite, I would have said Moonlight. Uh, but there, there's obviously a conscious effort that uh, you know the Academy's making to recognize um, minorities that they haven't recognized in the past. It, it, and it's not that women are a minority, but in terms of like directing movies, they certainly are. Um, this also kind of got snubbed, I think it was, for the uh, director, Greta uh, Guru got snubbed for the director for Golden Globes, and there always seems to be this competition. If the Golden Globes drops the ball with something, the Oscars are like, ah, oh, we can pick up on that. We can be the good guys here. And uh, the Academy's doing a good job of recognizing uh, groups that they haven't recognized in the past. But the response this movie has had, like on Rotten Tomatoes, it's it's obviously strong, and it really has nothing to do with um, you know just recognizing certain groups because this is... The, it's like Toy Story 2, you know? Toy Story 2, I think, was the best-reviewed movie prior to this, and it's not like you know they were trying to recognize uh, middle-aged men making cartoons or something like that. <laughs> but there, there is obviously a bit of a discrepancy when you look at the critics' reviews and then you look at IMDb. I mean, it's got a 7.7 on IMDb, which is pretty strong. It's not nearly the best of the movies this year. 
I, I personally just have a bit of an – I'm not an issue with Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's a good representation of – kind of like what we're doing here, buy it, rent it, or bin it. But it really only takes a critic saying, yeah, I would recommend this movie for it to have a high rating. It's not like you know uh, they could have mildly recommended it and all of a sudden this is the best-reviewed movie in history. It's like, well, it's not the best-reviewed movie in history. It's the one with the most positive reviews. And we kind of both said it. There's nothing bad you can say about this movie. It's mm. decent. It's just it's nothing, you know, comp- it's nothing really unique or original. It's it's not like a, a Last Jedi or a Batman v Superman where, yeah. you know, there's like a big discrepancy between, yeah. you know, critics and fans. Critics and fans. You know, I, I, I really couldn't see someone walking out of this movie going, that's a crap film. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, this is a movie that I would probably gladly watch again. You know, it's it's a... yeah. It's an entertaining movie, and, you know, and I think the acting performances in it were fantastic. Um, you know I'm not going to be able to say her name. Is it Sarice Ronan? Did I no. say that? Let's call her that. I w- I'm glad you hosted this episode so I didn't have to attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably like Sarah Ronan or something like that. I don't, I don't know, but, um, I mean, obviously she's up for, for an Oscar, and uh, Laurie Metcalf, uh, Metcalf, Calf, Calf? God, calf. calf, yep. I, 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 here I am going off at commentators for mispronouncing what? names. Um, Sheldon's mum. Um, like, let's yeah. just call it. I love her. Like, she's fantastic. And, um, you know, it's not just for the Big Bang Theory. Uh, you know, she, she's esteemed. She's great. And, um, yeah, I, I think they both thoroughly deserve their nominations for sure. I, I, I really enjoyed Sarisa's kind of like, she's a character who, I guess, you find yourself liking and rooting for in portions of this film, and there are times that she's annoying as fuck, and you're like, you know, don't be so rude to your mother. But then all of a sudden you're like, yeah. oh, God, your mum's a bitch. Like, don't be so rude to your daughter. And I like <laughs> that balance in this film, that you really find yourself at different portions of this movie rooting for both of them, and then kind of disliking yeah. both of them. And that's a great balance. I mean, that kind of is like, um, you know, obviously what we talked about in Itonia. Uh, you know, how Tonya Harding kind of, you have that role, uh, not necessarily her, her mother. And obviously we've both got, uh, Margot Robbie and Alison Jenny against both Cerise and Laurie for these, uh, the awards. So, uh, I mean, you know, they're obviously the main two to, to talk about. I enjoyed, um, her friend as well. Uh, Julie, wasn't it? Um, uh, oh yeah. Beanie Feidstein, Feidstein, um, can't say I'm familiar with her. Um, and, uh, also your favorite from Twister, Lois Smith, uh, making an appearance. Ugh. Uh, I'm sure you were thrilled to see her in a nun outfit this time around. <laughs> um, I mean, the acting in this film though, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I'm just going to stand by it. I think it thoroughly deserves its acting nominees, nominations. Yeah, and one other addition, uh, I guess we cover a couple of different boyfriends that Lady Bird has throughout this year. And the, the, the guy who plays the first boyfriend, Lucas Hedges, he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor last year for, um, Manchester by the Sea, which Casey Affleck won Best Actor for, and I kind of didn't get him in that. Like, I thought, uh, this guy's not, like, maybe it was because Casey Affleck was just so good in that in comparison, but I didn't really get the praise that Lucas Hedges was getting for that, and strangely enough, even though it's a smaller role and a simpler role, I liked him a lot better in this than I did in Manchester by the Sea. But, I mean, overall, like you said, all the performances are great, and I think if there's one area, even though I've said I've seen this movie a million times, if there's one area where I think this stands out as being different, it's that 
it's showing you both sides of this relationship and uh, this movie be taking place what i think it's like in 2003 you know although you'd be surprised because the majority of the soundtrack seems to be songs from like 1995 1996 <laughs> hey cry me a um, river was in there cry me river that was the only song if you watch this movie <laughs> in the soundtrack that is not like a 95 96 song like i almost thought i was gonna hear this is how we do it by montel jordan at some point but um i, I don't know I, I i think that what made this movie different was that it wasn't you know and greta gerwig she's young she's what like 34 35 years old this isn't a movie made by somebody who's trying to be like oh i had such a terrible upbringing and you know trying to show like ladybird has it so hard or you know parents don't understand her they push her too hard and the other side of this would be oh well the parents try so hard and the kids don't get it. i mean it really is split down the middle and it's it's a completely unbiased look at just a simple mother-daughter relationship um even though we get a little bit of like the brother in there and the, the father as well uh but it's not really taking any side and also it's not going out of its way to be like oh she had such a terrible life and these are all the the awful things that teenage girls go through it's like no the majority of what they're covering in this movie are just regular everyday occurrences how would a girl deal with uh you know um the, the her one boyfriend you know uh, well i'm not going to spoil what happens there or how would you know she deal with finding out that another guy you know is not a virgin like he said he is or feeling a little bit ashamed that she's poorer than most of her friends it didn't go so far to make it like teenage life is so hard and there are scenes like you said where the mother is you know commenting on a dress and she's just being a little bit too critical and you're like Man, that's just going a little bit too far. But then there's other scenes like where Ladybird is freaking out and it's your typical teenage like, I hate you, mom. You know, you treat me so bad. And then the mother's like, yeah, you know what? My mother was an abusive alcoholic. See you later. And just sort of walks out of the room. And it's like, I, I, I really appreciated that they took this unbiased look at uh, this relationship. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I mean, I think, what, how old is she meant to be? 15, 16? Uh, what's prom age? Well, I think she's on her way to college, so she would have been, I think, 17 here. 17. So, I mean, she's basically the time this movie set, like, a year older than me. So, I mean, this mm-hmm. is basically my teenage years. Um, you know, me talking about using a shower head to pleasure myself and things like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I thought it, it felt realistic. Like, as you said, it didn't mm-hmm. kind of go out of its way to do something that it's not. Um, and I, that's what I really appreciated it, um, the, the way they kind of handled that. And just none of this seemed outlandish. And, like, even, like, I can relate to kind of just when she's just so desperate to get out of Sacramento. Like, I don't want to be yeah. known from being in Sacramento. That's me my entire life, getting out of Hobart, you know. So <laughs> it, it's kind of... I definitely feel, you know, that connection. And again, I have a penis, not a vagina, so I'm not meant to. I'm not meant to relate to this film. But I think it's, it doesn't matter your gender. I mean, you can relate to your shoes as a teenager, no matter what gender you are. Yeah. You know, teenagers are teenagers. Um, and just even just like the little quirk things like, you know, when she meets her first boyfriend and just kind of that initial attraction. And then, you know, mm-hmm. 10 minutes later, she's got another attraction to another. Like, it's just kind of, you know, that's teenagers. Like, you think you're in love with some person and 10 minutes later, someone else goes, oh, fuck, I'm in love with them now. Um, yeah. so, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. And, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, this is, this is kind of one of those films where you can almost say it doesn't really have a plot, but I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just enough that it, it gets by. Um, and I mean, obviously one of the, the nominations it's up for, uh, is best original screenplay, which, um, 
you know, all the, the other ones that are up against it are all nominated for Best Picture, except for a film that we covered last year on, on the Oz Network, The Big Sick, uh, which mm-hmm. obviously, you know, has a, has a lot of, uh, you know, positive praise around it. And that was a film that I'm probably similar to this. Like, I can see it's positive. I can, it was an entertaining film. I didn't dislike it. I just didn't think The Big Sick was as big and as great as everybody was making it out to be. Um, yeah. And I think that Lady Bird, I think, is a better film than The Big Sick. Would either of them deserve the best original screenplay? I'd put Lady Bird ahead of The Big Sick in that point. But um, I'm yet to see Get Out the Shape of Water or Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. So, um, so I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes in those other awards. I mean, just kind of its chances uh, in terms of best picture... Uh, I mean, this is uh, currently out of all the movies that we've done uh, so far, the fourth one we've done, it's currently ranked fourth favourite. Uh, but, I mean, it's getting a bit of, you know, a real outside chance, I believe. So, you know, it's behind Get Out, Three Billboards Outside, Ebbing, Missouri, and The Shape of Water. But, I mean, this maybe is the one, maybe alongside Dunkirk, that could possibly do a Bradbury and maybe sneak through and, uh, yeah. you know, pick it up unexpectedly, do you think? Um. I mean, for director, director's sort of all up in the air right now. I, I mentioned th- there's the obvious uh, um, Mexican um, – uh, I'm not going to call it a curse or jinx or whatever. What would be the opposite of a curse? Um, bias? Not no. even bias. Just uh, – I don't know. There's the freak luck of any Mexican director to always win, you know, deservedly so. Oscar's so uh, Mexican. Oscar's so Mexican, yes. Uh, which, again, I'm not going to disagree. I mean, uh, all three of the uh, Best Director wins that we had through the Mexican directors over like the last five years were all very deserving. Um, but they could go that route just because, you know, the Academy does have this tendency to be very quick to jump on the bandwagon when there is criticism for certain things. Um, I-, I remember when Catherine Bigelow won Best Director back in 2009, that was probably a little bit more legitimate because there was no, you know, political issues surrounding it. It was just, it was a great movie and she won best director and people afterwards were like, wow, a woman just won best director for the first time. I think if Greta Gerwig does win now, maybe just because of a lot of the, uh, the scandals going around and a lot of the, 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 the political issues that it might jade it a little bit. Cause as I said, I don't believe that this is, there's anything revolutionary about this movie. But that's one category. I think it has a shot. I think screenplay is the most likely one that it's going to win out of all these. Uh, the other ones, like picture and director, it's sort of it's in the mix uh, for original screenplay. Maybe between this and The Shape of Water, but I think this they they tend to give those original screenplay ones to movies that are a little bit quirky and are more character movies, like you know Goodwill Hunting uh, back in the day and everything, or Juno. So that's the one I think is probably it's most likely to win and maybe the only one that it's really likely to walk away from uh, when the Oscars actually happen on Sunday. Yeah, because it got a total of five nominations, same as uh, Blade Runner 2049. So um, there you go. Um, I, I haven't seen either of the Blade Runner movies. Am I missing out there, Colin? Uh. <laughs> I, you know, I'm really anxious to cover it. I was kind of hoping it would have gotten a Best Picture nomination so I could watch it because... I saw the original Blade Runner when I was, I think, 16 or 17 and did not get it at all. And I've never bothered to watch it since then. And it's just one of these things that I figure maybe like Lady Bird. I'm, I wasn't the right audience at the right time, but maybe there's, you know, time in the future when I actually get the movie. But sadly, that, that didn't happen. We'll have to wait and cover it uh, during Denny Villeneuve month when he <laughs> finally gets picked as the 
director of James Bond 25 or something. Or when Jamie finally makes us do, like, Ryan Gosling month or something, or, you know... She's more likely to get us to do grey old man oh, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford month. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. okay. No, no, I'd be down with that. When we get Mallory on a little bit more, she'll make us do Ryan Gosling month. Um... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's, there's a whole lot more you, you want to really talk about here with it, uh, if there's anything that I've kind of uh, glared over. I mean, we obviously, we you know, do our reviews here and, you know, put our put our rankings uh, up there. But, uh, I mean, because obviously this is a film that we've not covered previously, so, I mean, we can, you know, talk a little bit more about this from a, a review perspective like we usually would and mix it in with our Oscar review. But, uh, I mean, I feel we've covered most parts. I mean, this isn't the most in-depth storyline for us to go over things and... You know, oh, the visual effects were amazing. Um, you know, that bit where her nose bled, I thought it was real. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if I've missed anything well, here you want to talk about. No, I mean, the one thing that I mentioned during D- the Dunkirk episode was that I always sort of look for what movies am I going to remember maybe specific scenes from or which movies are memorable. Because you do have ones where you just sort of get lost in. Boyhood's a good example of that. I mean, I thought Boyhood was a great movie. It was long. It was three hours long, but I can't remember a lot of very specific scenes from Boyhood. It was just such a great gimmick and such a clever way of presenting a movie. I'm probably more likely to remember a lot of these scenes. You know, there are some great ones here. I thought the auditions for um, the, the musicals were fun. Um, you know, a, a lot of the uh, stuff when she was dating the first guy, you know, they have some great scenes together. Uh, so overall, I think even though there's nothing really original about this movie or the story, I think that the scenes, there's not one bad scene in the movie. And that's probably the main thing I'll take away from this is that, like you said, am I likely to ever watch this again? If it was on TV, I'd probably check it out. Uh, I may be more likely to check it out than Juno, even though Juno, you know, it has two great Canadian legends in it. uh, And you're going to hate me for saying Ellen Page is a Canadian legend, but uh, Michael Sarah definitely is. He's Scott Pilgrim. The greatest coming-of-age story of all time, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I mean, can I just point out, I don't actually dislike Ellen Page. I just disliked her after that movie. I mean, um, you know, she seems like a fine person, um, but it's just that and movie gave me the shit. Here's, <laughs> here's the one thing I will say, because Juno is the movie this is most similar to, and I, I already kind of mentioned that I, I liked that this wasn't really going over the top with anything, but... Most of these movies always, they're overly quirky. And Juno was one of those movies that was overly quirky. And there's nothing really quirky about this movie. And that's yeah. kind of one thing I liked about it is that it just, it felt very real. It felt, you know, very simple. And especially when you watch the trailer for this and you, you find out, you know, this is about this girl. What is Lady Bird? It's a name she sort of gives herself. And you figure, oh, this is going to be another, like, annoying Juno girl who, you know, thinks she's so unique and trendy and everything. And it's just over the top pop and uh and overly quirky and it really isn't um it's just a simple movie and garden state would be another one of those (laughs) maybe more middle age coming of age movies that i think don't age well because it's overly quirky and this movie is going to stand the test of time it's going to be because it's just a simple movie yeah and i I don't mind a good quirky film i mean you know i'm going to say i'm a fan of garden state but not just because the reason Uh. you think is i actually do really like garden state as a film um, I liked it when it first came out. I, I don't think it ages well. Didn't um, Zach Braff basically do a carbon copy of that film a few years later with a different movie? I, I never saw it, but everyone the reviews are always like, this is just Garden State 2 or something like that. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to a good quirky film, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. This is, isn't one of those quirky ones, I think, and even just kind of the mother-daughter relationship, you know, it's just the way that is, and... Uh, you know, the dad in it. You mentioned the brother. Did I get lost in the fact that 
is the brother adopted or like from and a... She would have to be. Like We're another marriage? Here, I'm, not, yeah, like... I'm not being racist either, but yeah. I mean, is he is he Native American or Latino? Like he's... He's Mexican. He's Mexican. So yeah, I, I just... I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Again. I... And, and again, maybe it's a good thing the movie didn't go out of his way to, to explain it. It's just kind of a funny thing they present. Like she has this, you know, weird uh, kind of punkish Mexican brother. Yeah. Um, and... There's, there's like a funny line later on, which it's not spoiling anything in the movie, where they're talking about, uh, you know, maybe him, um, there being some type of racial prejudice. It's like, well, how would they have known he was Mexican? It's like, yeah, the name Miguel didn't give it away, you know? <laughs> which which, uh, which it kind of goes back to, like, what I was saying in the Black Panther review, that, like, you know, I want to live in an age with these sort of movies where you don't have to make a big deal out of things like that. And I'm glad they didn't. And, I, you know, I feel bad sort of for bringing that up and questioning it. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it's good that it's just kind of, it's there and fine, he's, you know doesn't matter if he's a blood-related uh, brother or maybe he's from another relationship from, like, the mum or the dad. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it worked. And can I just say, did the his girlfriend not remind you of Ali from Survivor Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers? Like, I swear to God that was Ali. Now, I was trying to figure it out during the entire movie, <laughs> and I get it. Now. Yeah, if you throw a bunch of piercings on Ali, there yeah. you go. I, I legitimately thought it was her. I'm like, I didn't know Ali was in a movie. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, good. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Um, before we rake it then, uh, what, what are you going to do with this? Buy it, rent it, or bin it? Um, and again, I, I feel like I'm more positive on this movie now after discussing it with another 30 something year old man <laughs> than I was beforehand. But I, I still don't think I would go as far as to say buy it for this. Mm-hmm. That's just a personal preference. I definitely think, you know, of the movies that have come out this year, it's worthy of a Best Picture nomination. Um, I, I'm just sort of, like I said, more than anything, I'm just sort of done and over this whole genre. I think we kind of need a break from this, or at least people start making these movies and don't have it take place in some type of, like, nostalgic period of the past. Just make it, like, a 2017 movie or something, but a little too similar to some others, so I'd rent it. I'm not going to buy it, though. Yeah, I, I'm the same. To me, like, kind of, I went back to what I was saying about the big sick you know, I, I think it's it's similar on that level. And I rented The Big Sick, uh, and I would do the same for this. I mean, I, again, I'd watch this over The Big Sick. But they're, again, they're both enjoyable films that don't stand out for me as, you know, great, great films, but they're not terrible films either. So, um, yeah, for me, it's a rent. And I think kind of on the rankings, that really makes it easy for both of us. I assume that out of the four we've done so far, that's both just going to have We've got the same order each, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've got... Number one is Dunkirk at this point. Mm-hmm. Number two as Darkest Hour. Uh, three, The Post. And then four, Ladybird. Exactly the same order as me. So uh, there you go. Uh, so I believe then looking ahead, uh, we're moving along with these swimmingly. We've crossed the halfway point. I think we're doing Get Out next, am I not mistaken? Uh, one that... Uh, sure. I- uh, did, did we say something else before? Did I just change that last minute? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. We could... I mean... The- the idea was, do we want to do Get Out or do we want to do Phantom Thread? And I did tell you, Phantom Thread is going to be a little bit more of a chore to get through. Uh, no judgment on the movie. But, yeah, I would say Get Out will be the next one, which we already mentioned. That's the oldest movie. That it, the movie came out over a year ago already, um, and it's still sort of sticking around. And I don't think it was one of these movies that I... When it started getting some, like, critics awards at the end of the year, I'm like, really? Because it sort of just looked like your typical, you know, cheesy thriller um and all of a sudden a year later like people are looking at this movie like it's a classic so i'm really curious to see because it's one of 
three that I haven't seen yet. The the one I mean I haven't seen it yet at the time of this. Um, I again don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, probably know more about it than uh, than Ladybird, but. Um, I saw the honest trailer for it. Um, there's an honest trailer for it already. That's about as much as I, I've seen. Um, and isn't it directed? It is directed by one of the, um, the key, the K and Peel, Ian Peel people, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peel. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued to see it. I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, so, uh, very intrigued and, uh, I'll be watching it on an aeroplane. So I had to make sure with Colin, I said, what's an appropriate film to watch on the plane? The Shape of Water? And he's like, no, 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 don't, don't watch The Shape of Water on the plane. Not that one. And he's like, you know, all right, uh, we won't watch The Shape of Water on a plane. Um, fair enough. Uh, so get out next, get excited. And uh, basically this time in a week, we will be watching the Oscars, I believe, at least at the time of recording this. So uh, yeah. get excited. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe. You know the drill. And uh, let us know your rankings. Did you like Lady Bird? Did you hate it? Um, where would you rank it? We want to know. Uh, my name is Ben, and do I look like I come from Sacramento? And my name is Colin, and that's the name given to me by myself. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.